This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, Rob Fay Nation can't slow down. It's gonna go. What is going on? I'm Rob Fay. Welcome to your Wednesday edition of Sports Bar Radio. It is the 15th day of September, and I hope this podcast finds you well. Don't forget, you can like, you can subscribe, you can review. Just share it and let everybody know what we're doing because we get you caught up in everything going on in the world of sports in about 30 minutes, maybe 35 if we like to stretch it out. But we have found the recipe to make sure that during your lunch hour or maybe on your commute home, that by the time you pull up, whether it's to work or home, you are completely up to date in the world of sports. Okay, let's get to it. Not necessarily a typical lead today. We're not going to go to that one story that takes us to the, you know, links or dare I say the court, be it basketball or tennis. Had a lot of people ask me about a special event this past weekend, and I want to let you know how it all broke down. So let me get you to a rather unique and personal edition of the lead. We've scoured the globe for the stories that matter to you. Okay, well, let's be honest, Rob picks most of the stories, so maybe they matter more to him? Anyways, pull up a chair and let our bartender pour you a cold one because there's a lot going on in your world today. You know, a lot of people have asked me to talk about the wrestling from this past weekend, and I'm not going to get into pinfalls and all that kind of stuff. A lot of people are celebrating the fact that a local Vancouver wrestling promotion from two guys that a couple of months ago decided to start something crazy like this, they wanted to know how it felt. And it's kind of been interesting. I didn't want to talk about this initially because I thought to myself, you know, I'm already focused on my next event. I'm already focused on trying to generate revenue, getting things going, and away we go. But last night, I'm sitting at home for the first time in probably two weeks because you're running around with your head cut off trying to make sure that you can get everything done. And it will never be as hard as the first one because the first one, you're really building from zero. Now that things are in place, you have that foundation and you can essentially build. But I came across this video just the other night and instead of me using it and worrying about the copyright infringements and all that kind of stuff, I'll simply paraphrase what the video was. It was basically a professor talking to a classroom full of students and he was holding up a glass of water and he was holding it out fully extended and he asked one of the students, he goes, how much do you think the water weighs? And one of the students said, well, probably 8 ounces, 12 ounces. And the professor very quickly, and again, I'm going to paraphrase here, says, it doesn't matter what the water weighs, it's how long you hold on to it. He says, if I hold on to this for just a couple of moments, it's not going to weigh much. If I hold on to it for an hour, my hand will start to tremble a little bit, my arm will start to get a little fatigued. And if I hold on to it all day, eventually my arm will become numb and I will have to put it down. He says you have to let go of the water before it weighs too much on you and your body can no longer take it. So I thought back on that, and and again, I'm not going to try to get into fortune cookies and all that kind of stuff, but what I was thinking as I watched that video is the journey to get to that first wrestling event. Because I'm not a guy that went to university. I have no training when it comes to the proverbial classroom. But I have spent my entire middle portion of my life grinding. Working as hard as I physically can to get to a moment like that. I didn't know that moment was going to happen. But when I all of a sudden was able to pull it off with the assistance of Chris Perry and a couple of guys behind the scenes. 
I looked back and I said, I used almost every skill that I have ever learned from every nook and cranny of my career in that moment. And it made me realize if I could give one piece of advice or if somebody was to ask me how did that event go, it was enlightening. It was enlightening because when I first moved to Vancouver more than 20 years ago, I didn't know what I was doing. I just started to work at the keg. I started to learn how to interact with people. I started to learn what responsibility was. I had shifts. I was on the schedule. I had to show up. Eventually, I wanted to get into this industry. I wanted to get into communications and media, and I started working. I didn't get a paycheck. This is a true story. I didn't get a paycheck from Rogers or Shaw Cable for seven years. Seven years of my life taking buses and sky trains and any way I could get out there to Surrey from North Vancouver. I was there every Sunday night to do a sports show that maybe you watched, maybe you didn't, but I was there to cut my teeth. I got my credentials to cover the Grizzlies and the Canucks, and even though I was a peon in the list of the many, many sports journalists in this city, I was at least in the room watching, observing, learning, absorbing. So then I get into bartending, and all of a sudden I realize how to handle cash, and I realize what it's like to handle some guys that maybe are overserved, and you got to deal with the brashness and the chaos that comes with that at 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. I was a telemarketer briefly, so I learned what it was like to do the same thing repetitively over and over and over and over and over again. I became a father, and that came with its own set of standards and expectation. I worked for the Vancouver Canadians, and I learned a boatload of stuff there as well. And this might sound silly, but how to use Photoshop, Excel, ticketing, broadcasting, and so many more things. At the time, you never think that that's a skill that you'll need down the road. But on Saturday, the 11th day of September 2021, everything that I learned over those previous 25 years was applied in some way, shape, or form to try and get my own business, along with Chris Perry's, off the ground. It makes me realize in this moment that I had to do it now or I was never going to do it. That I had to finally say goodbye to all of the other things that I had done to TSN, to the Vancouver Canadians, to The Nation, which is the YouTube show that I did, to all of it, so that I could focus on the here and the now. Because it's been a hard year. I haven't really let go of TSN 1040 in the way that that kind of blew up in my hand. you got to remember, I left the Vancouver Canadians because I was going to go all in on TSN 1040. And no, I wasn't the morning guys or the afternoon or the midday. I was tucked away in the evening where very few people even realized that I was a part of that organization, unless you were a listener. But I got through it. And on Saturday, it all made sense. So now I look forward to going and doing NEW2, but I look forward across the board. You will come to these moments in your life where you realize, wow, I've learned a lot to get here. But you also at some point have to turn back and say, thanks for getting me here. But now I'm ready to do this on my own. It was a really inspiring moment for me to have that opportunity to have people trust in me. Wrestlers looked at me. Staff members looked at me. Executives looked at me and said, what do we do? I had an answer for everything. Was it perfect? Nah. But it was inspiring enough that all the wrestlers left happy, they left paid, they left fed. All the executives looked and said, we can't wait for the next one. And at the end of the day, even though we lost a little bit of money on it because we were putting money into things that we probably won't have to pay for moving forward, it was an investment in our future. And it was money well spent. So as you wonder if I'm satisfied with what happened this past Saturday night, I am. But I'm also inspired to do even better in a couple of weeks' time. My only takeaway... Could I do something like that? 
Absolutely. You have to remember something in this world, especially in 2021. Everybody is looking for leadership. Everybody's looking for somebody to step to the forefront and say, I know it's been shitty over the last couple of months, maybe even a last couple of years, but we can do this. I've never found another time in my life where reinvention was more possible. Never in my lifetime have I found a pocket where you could reinvent yourself and start over again and nobody would blink because they're probably doing the same thing too. It's a golden opportunity. I swear to you, the pandemic, as bad as it's been, is as tough as it's been on some people. We've lost millions globally. But for those who are fortunate enough to get vaccinated, fortunate enough to be able to move forward, this is a great new day. Because while the world's bickering at each other and the world's all pointing fingers at each other, you have the opportunity to rebuild and refocus because nobody's worried about you right now. They're all taking care of themselves. Go for it. If there's one thing I can say, no matter what you're doing in your life, go for it. You will never get this opportunity again. All right, let's get to some actual sports, shall we? We got a lot to get to. NFL's got this. How about this? Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints, who already had to relocate because of the bad weather in Louisiana, now have as many as eight staff members that have tested positive for COVID. Eight. Some teams are just snake bitten, aren't they? We'll also talk about Leila Fernandez finally getting hers on the big stage. And we'll talk about the Vancouver Canucks contracts. Patterson, Hughes, and has Jim Benning painted himself in a corner that he can't get out of? Let me get you to that one space, that one part of this bar where we get to all of it. Let me get you to the VIP room. You knew tonight was going to be a good night, didn't you? Guys, the ladies don't want you wasting their time, so get to the point. 10 topics, 10 minutes. Hold on to your drinks because we're about to bring you the entire world of sports before the DJ can pull out the vinyl for his next set. Welcome to the VIP room. room. Alright, gonna start on the ice, and before we get to the Vancouver Canucks and the Patterson Hughes stuff from 10,000 feet in the air, great article in The Athletic just yesterday from Daniel Nugent Bowman talking about Connor McDavid asking for a little more consistency from NHL referees saying, quote, call the rule book. So that's just paraphrasing a bigger conversation saying the rule book's there for a reason and you want to call it with integrity. If you let guys get away with certain things, they're going to keep getting away with it. It's a tough job that the referees have and it's something that I don't envy, unquote. Now, McDavid getting the support of his general manager, Ken Holland, who said, quote, from Connor's perspective, it's unbelievable how he continues to get fouled and how he continues to battle through it. He's so talented that obviously the other team has to check him. It certainly is a surprise that he doesn't draw more penalties, unquote. Now, both McDavid and Holland are members of the league's competition committee, which met for the first time a couple of months ago after a year off because of the pandemic. Amongst the topics discussed, cross-checking, with more than 30 examples to review from. Listen, McDavid got absolutely shut out in that series against Winnipeg Jets, and they were tough on him, and they were firm on him, and no, there weren't many calls that went Connor McDavid's ways, but... I do believe Connor McDavid has a point here. If you're going to call it in the regular season, you have to extend that into the postseason. We all know that the officiating changes when the playoffs come. We let the players play, as they say, and things get tough, things get stingy, and guys like Connor McDavid really have to earn their keep. McDavid also says that's what it's there for. If you call each and every one, yeah, there's a lot of penalties, but if there's a lot of penalties, then there's just a lot of penalties. It's just the way that it is, unquote. That is the blessing and the curse, as you have one of the best players, if not the best player in the game, saying, hey man, if there's a bunch of penalties, 
so what? That's the way that it is. But it slows the game down, and that is not what the fans or the league wants to see. So again, the old blessing and the curse, but Connor McDavid, just before training camp, coming forward and saying that it is time for a little more consistency from the NHL officials. We'll see how that goes as they catch wind of that conversation. Well, in the summer, we all know that news is a little scarce when it comes to the NHL. And for certain cities and the hockey journalists here, it is a little tough to find said story on a daily basis. So real easy to focus in on the fact that Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes still do not have a contract, at least at the time of this podcast. But that said, I can't imagine that anybody did not think that this was going to happen. When Elias Pettersson switched his agency and he partnered up with J.P. Barry and Pat Bersaw, we knew, and that is, of course, the same tandem that takes care of Quinn Hughes, we knew that this was going to be a process. So, no, there hasn't been a lot of movement. Sure, there's been the odd communication, but the question is, which one of those two is going to take the haircut? It's going to be a haircut in salary. It's going to be a haircut in term. It's going to be at least one of those two, and I just don't know which one of those two would be willing to do it. I know fans want Hughes. I know fans want Patterson. I know that the fans right here don't want to wreck this nucleus that the Vancouver Canucks have. But there is, and you can't disagree with me on that. I mean, you can, but you shouldn't disagree with the fact that this core mathematically cannot stay together for the long term. So realistically, as we all worry about Patterson and Hughes, let's pull the lens back and look at the three-year window here. Because let's call the core what it is. It's Miller, it's Besser, it's Horvat, it is Hughes and Pedersen, and then we've got a couple of years of leeway when it comes to the Pod Colsons and the Hoaglanders of the world. For now, this deal sets up those next deals. And if you're going $8 million plus on Pedersen, you better not do it for more than three years. And if you're going to go long-term on Quinn Hughes, then you better pay him that money, but you better do it on the back end at some point. Because realistically, right now, the Vancouver Canucks front office is trying to play poker with both their cards facing up. We all know what it is. We all understand the challenges that Jim Benning faces, not just for this coming season, but for the next three seasons financially. Because, and you're saying, well, why would we worry about three seasons? Because those ELCs for Hoaglander and, dare we say, Pod Colson, if they advance the way that Hughes and Patterson did, and dare we say Brock Besser as well, there's no possible way that you can keep this core together and see all of these guys in their prime at the same time. Can't do it. It's just, unless something dramatically changes with the cap over the next couple of years, and we do think after this pandemic finally subsides, that that soft cap is that that hard cap is finally going to open up, but it is going to be at the expense of one of these core guys. So who within this core would you part with? Hit me up on Twitter, at Rob Fay, R-O-B-F as in Frank, A-I, and let me know what you think, because I'll tell you this, I do think those deals are going to get done. I think that both Hughes and Pedersen will be Vancouver Canucks. I don't know if it happens by day one of training camp, but it's going to happen. The question is, how will they make that mathematics work beyond the 2023 season? Besser's going to be up again. Some of your young guys are going to be coming to their first big contracts, and you've got to figure out a way to get it all done. And and that is with that big contract of Oliver ekman Larson still looming in the background. I will say this, and I'm not throwing coal into the stocky to Jim Benning, but when you have these players that develop as fast as they did, I don't think we all thought that Besser and Pedersen and Hughes were going to become seven to eight million dollar guys right out of their ELCs. Like, let's be honest, that doesn't happen in clumps very often. 
So as many of us say that Jim Benning painted himself at a corner with a couple of bad deals, some of them are in Arizona now. But yeah, you still got Oliver ekman Larson and Tyler Myers and a few of those ones. But I just think realistically, you should have been looking at guys that were probably in the three and a half to $5 million range. That is not the case because of how good those players turned out to be. Usually guys don't come out of this guns blazing looking for 8 to 10. I mean, sure, there's a couple of elite guys, and that's the problem that the Vancouver Canucks have, is they have elite guys, plural, all coming up at the same time. All right, to baseball, Toronto Blue Jays losing yesterday to Tampa Bay, just their second loss of their past 14 games. That is really impressive. And I mentioned this the other day, and now it is starting to catch on everywhere. I'm not saying that I thought about this. I'm not saying that I thought about this first, but it is definitely worth the conversation at this point. What will the Toronto Blue Jays do if Vladimir Guerrero Jr. ends up winning, and it is still mathematically very much a possibility, the Triple Crown? If he can finish this last week and a half with some big boy numbers, he will win a Triple Crown at the age of 22. But beyond the money that will obviously be backing up the Brinks trucks coming his way at some point, what will voters think when it comes to the American League Most Valuable Player? I think at the midway point of the season, it was already locked up. People were already inscribing Shohei Otani's name onto the trophy, but Otani over the last couple of weeks has been very average. Vladimir Guerrero has not been. He's been anything but, as a matter of fact. So could you say that even though Shohei Otani, who was fantastic as a pitcher with an ERA in the low to mid threes and a great hitter with mid-40s home runs, could watch Vladimir Guerrero Jr. pass him? I think the only way it happens is if Vladdy wins the Triple Crown. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. right now, as of this conversation, leads the American League in home runs, is right there in RBI, and has numbers in all the right categories. So imagine winning a Triple Crown, winning the American League MVP, and then looking at your executive as a 22-year-old saying, let's talk numbers. Vladimir, I'm telling you this right now, we are on the verge, if Toronto's going to do it, of watching a player north of the border get what could be a $400 million contract or more. Your phone bill, if your provider is Rogers, is about to go up significantly. Well, mentioned right on the outset of the show that the uh, New Orleans Saints have really been up against it, haven't they? Even before their season started, they had to relocate to Dallas because of the hurricanes that were coming off the East Coast. Now, they've got as many as eight staff members who have tested positive for COVID. Imagine all that they have gone through, and yet in the power rankings are right near the top of the NFL. That because of their absolutely dominating performance of the Green Bay Packers, but they are mixing and matching using Zoom maybe more than any other team to try and get ready for their week two, which is at Carolina, who's coming off a 19-14 win over the New York Jets. Not exactly a tough out, but got to wonder how real they are as they're in the top five of the NFL power rankings despite the fact that they have been through a lot heading into the second week of the NFL season. The Monday Nighter sees Detroit and Green Bay. It's an opportunity for the Packers and Aaron Rodgers to bounce back. That is a big game, and the game that is coming up just hours from now sees the New York Giants in Washington to take on their football team. All right, to the hardwood, the Denver Nuggets and Aaron Gordon, the high flyer, agreeing to a four-year, $92 million extension. You know, when I first saw Aaron Graham in Orlando, I wondered if he wasn't going to be one of those guys like Kenny Skywalker that showed up, dunked, won a competition, and peaced out. In the final year of his contract, where he's getting about $16.5 million, the Nugs acquired Gordon from the Magic back in March for Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, 
and a top five first round pick. That one's protected in 2025. But for a guy that averaged 10 points and five boards for the Nuggets in their final 25 games of the season, he got himself $92 million thanks to his agent Calvin Andrews of Clutch Sports. That is unbelievable. And Steph Curry off the court going to be doing things as he'll be covering golf at the Ryder Cup later this month. Part of the, quote, global talent partnership between NBC Universal and Curry's company, Unanimous Media. And speaking of TV, I'm going to circle back to football just to wrap this one up. Monday Night Football's Megacast, which was on ESPN, ABC, and ESPN Deportes, drawing 15.3 million viewers. It was Monday Night Football's most watched week one game since 2013. And by the way, the Peyton-Eli Manning combination on ESPN2 had 800,000 viewers. The Mannings will be back for week two when Detroit is at Green Bay. And to the victor and the runner-up goes the spoils. Tennis stars Emma Raducanu and Layla Fernandez getting all dolled up for the Met Gala. The 18-year-old British tennis sensation and the 19-year-old Canadian player who just finished up at the U.S. Open both got the luxury of walking the red carpet at the 2021 Met Gala that earlier this week in New York City. We talk about all the success and accolades that Layla is receiving for reaching the Grand Slam. Well, Emma got her own special gift. She got a congratulatory note from Princess Kate Middleton saying, quote, huge congratulations on your stunning performances and historic Grand Slam victory. Incredible. We are all so proud of you. She did also send a note to Layla, did Princess Kate Middleton, saying, quote, well done on your amazing achievements at this year's U.S. Open. It has been a pleasure to watch. And without getting too TMZ-ish, Kate Middleton looks like she'll be doing a collaboration on Netflix with her sister-in-law, Meghan Markle. Okay, there we go. Let's move on. <laughs> Had to do it. My wife, Christina, loves that kind of stuff, so I'm going to throw it in there very quickly. Okay, let's wrap up our show. My thanks to everybody at Equity Guru. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day. Jay Swing, my producer extraordinaire, brother from another mother. Always awesome to have you hanging out with us. And more than anything, thank you for checking in. We would love for you to stay in contact with us on social media. You can find me at Rob Bay, R-O-B, F as in Frank, A-I. And more than anything, I know you hear about it plenty. But why don't you go online and visit equity.guru and learn how you can make yourself some money. This is a fantastic... You know what? If you're a millennial, if you're someone uh, who's looking to say, you know what? I put all my money at RSPs and I see it only make two to three dollars a year do yourself a favor go to equity group this is not me trying to tell you where to put your money but this is me just saying that if you see what chris perry's doing the information that he's providing and the ways that you can make your money grow for you more than just a couple of bucks every year check out equity.guru and learn more my thanks to everybody over there chris perry galen jp chung isan and the irreplaceable priscilla Choi. i am rob Faye. for the final time today this has been sports bar radio can't wait to get you updated on the world of sports again tomorrow take care everybody sports bar radio was brought to you by equity guru investment information for the new generation visit us at equity.guru and let's make some money together Please note, any mention of companies on this podcast is part of a promotional campaign, and the information you hear should be a part of extensive due diligence. As well, always get advice from an accredited financial advisor before you make any investment decision. Protect yourself. This segment is brought to you by The Gaming Stadium, Canada's pioneering leaders in online esports tournaments, specializing in tools for league operators, tournament streaming, venue management, and community building. 
TGS has become a global leader in esports events, sponsorship, and production. With regular online tourneys for Fortnite, Rainbow Six, Call of Duty, Rocket League, and more, visit www.thegamingstadium.com to sign up and play. For investor information, check out the ticker symbol TGS.